What's going on? Welcome into the Sharp Angle Podcast. On today's show, NFL picks for week two. Let's do it. This is the Sharp Angle. Every day on your favorite podcast player. Special thanks to Sportsbet MVP online, sportsbetmvp.ag. We're going to be talking about the NFL today. Not a better website to go bet at for NFL football than Sportsbet MVP. You're going to get all your typical lines, but also get a number of derivatives, prop bets, any way you want to attack these games, you can do so online, sportsbetmvp.ag. Give them a follow on Twitter as well, at sportsbet underscore. MVP. All right, let's get to our NFL picks for week two. Coming off a three and two week one. And my God, what a three and two week one. We, our, our two losses were the Detroit game, where they're up like 20 fucking three points against Chicago and end up blowing it. And of course, DeAndre Swift drops a game-winning touchdown, right? So it's like, are you kidding me? So I had to deal with that for Detroit. And then Tennessee on Monday night, the Steven Goskowski misses four kicks. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? That should be a 5-0 and week. That should have been 5-0. and Thank you, Detroit. And uh, goddamn Goskowski. So either way, I had to bitch about that a little bit. Because it's like, come on. It's hard enough to win in the NFL as is. You got to make me deal with that. Still a winning week, three and two, week one. So we got a couple picks this week. I don't have this many. Now, I still found a way to include five total bets. I know a lot of you guys are in contests, things like that, but I unfortunately don't have five singles this week. We've got three singles, and I'm going to sneak a couple teasers in there this week. I love a couple advantage teasers. But let's start off with the NFC North. I'm going to go Green Bay minus six and a half against Detroit. Couple factors here. Detroit likely missing their top three cornerbacks. What does that mean for a Green Bay team who completely torched Minnesota last week? And look, there's a couple teams we don't know much about this year. We still have to answer. Uh, Both of them coincidentally play the Vikings and Colts. Now, I don't have a pick for the Vikings and Colts game. My point is, we're going to learn a lot about those teams based on that matchup. What I think we're going to learn from the Vikings-Colts game is that Minnesota is not nearly as bad as a lot of people think they are. I think that week one game between Minnesota and Green Bay was much more about Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay than it was against uh, about the Vikings. Okay, so Green Bay, very good week one. I don't think it's a fluke. I think we can expect to see that from the Packers this year. Detroit blew it week one, and I think that there's going to be a letdown. This is a team, Detroit, that is not used to winning. This is a fragile team, and we've seen in the past, with or without Matt Stafford, once things start going bad, the wheels quickly come off. I know it's only week two. But I'm still concerned with how Detroit will bounce back after that deflating week one loss. And Green Bay, on the other hand, excited about that week one win. And Aaron Rodgers, this is kind of his season of revenge, okay? Everyone fading Aaron Rodgers. So many people not liking him in terms of the fantasy community before the season starts. He is on a season of revenge. And when Aaron Rodgers gets pissed off, he wants to prove everybody wrong. Detroit also, back to the Lions, they're not just injured on defense, which they are decimated on defense, especially the cluster injuries at cornerback. They're also injured on offense. Kenny Galladay, arguably their best receiver, could be out this game. So Detroit, way too many injuries. Green Bay, still underrated given their week one performance. I lean in the over, excuse me, I lean the over in this game too, but I just have a feeling that Green Bay's defense could show up this game and make it a long day for the Lions. So we're going to go Green Bay minus six and a half against Detroit. 
Game number two, taking another home favorite. We're going to go Dallas Cowboys minus four against Atlanta. Now, I am fading a lot of the public on this. I'm fading two things. One, the public money, but two, what everyone saw last week. What did we see last week? We saw Dallas, a favorite on primetime Sunday Night Football, lose to the LA Rams. Now, we picked the LA Rams last week. We had the Rams. What did I say? I said, this is the line that we're going to look back at and say, I can't believe LA was a three-point underdog to Dallas in week one. We called that, right? Well, this is an overreaction this week because what happened is Dallas opened up seven-point favorite and that closed all the way to minus four quickly. Now, I did hesitate initially taking the line move because when the line opens up at seven on Monday and it moves to minus four by Friday, which is when we're recording this show, that means that all of the smart money that came in early, I'm fading that. And that doesn't make me comfortable, but it makes me okay making this bet for a couple of reasons. One, the early money isn't correct 100% of the time. If it was, this would be a lot easier to do. Just follow the early, early money. But I think that the swings you see early in the week, they mean something. They certainly do. But there's two swings that we should pay attention to. The swing early in the week around Tuesday and then the swing on on Sunday morning. Now, the swing on Sunday morning will mean one of two things. Either there's a whole bunch of public money pouring in on one team or there's a there's a whole bunch of syndicate money pouring in on one team because the limits just opened up. Now, let me repeat this. Sunday morning, we see lines move pretty steadily. And it doesn't matter whether you're looking at week one or week 17. Lines move on Sunday morning. The reason they move, either the public gets on and a whole bunch of squares make the same bet. That's actually less likely. Now that does happen. You can usually tell when it happens, but it's less likely. What is more likely is that these syndicates who bet hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions of dollars, wait until Sunday morning, right around 8 a.m. Pacific time, okay? 8 a.m. Pacific, right around two hours before the game start, those limits go way up. From around, from what I've heard, and specifically in Las Vegas, the limits go from around $10,000 to upwards of a million. Now think about that. That's a massive, massive jump. If you want to bet an early line, you can still take that $10,000 minimum, but what the syndicates are doing is probably spreading that out across every casino they can find in Las Vegas and every other casino they can find in the world, right? They're just taking a lot of $10,000 bets, which is what moves the original line. And that's what does scare me about fading the initial line move. But I, 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 I promise you, that on Sunday morning, we're going to see this shift back to Dallas because I believe that the syndicates are waiting for that line or that limit to open up to pour it back in on Dallas. There have to be a lot of bettors out there waiting to bet on Dallas with this new line. So I think this thing does swing back to Dallas on Sunday, and I think it's because of sharp money. So I just wanted to kind of clear that up. I know I'm fading the line move, but I still feel comfortable about it. Sunday. Um, but yeah, with, with, with the handicap, I just think that Dallas is still under... Everyone saw that game. Dallas is the most watched team in the NFL. Everyone watched on Sunday night, and everyone is saying, oh boy, Dak Prescott, major question marks. Is he distracted? Is this team any good? Is Mark, my, 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 uh, Mike McCarthy any good? And on the other side, they saw everyone saw Atlanta completely put on an offensive performance. Calvin Ridley, multi-touchdown game. I mean, Atlanta was one of the more impressive teams week one. And this is a simple 
fade for me. I'm fading one of the most impressive teams week one. I'm taking one of the least impressive teams week one at a line I find to be very fair. Dallas minus four against Atlanta. And my final single bet of the weekend, we're going to go to Monday night. I'm taking the home team, Oakland Raiders plus five and a half against New Orleans. New Orleans is not very good against the spread early in the season. As a matter of fact, look back the last seven years, the only team worse who's consistently make, made the playoffs, the, the, let me repeat that, the only team worse in the first month of the year who's consistently made the playoffs is the Patriots. Okay, The Patriots are a bit of a different story this year because Tom Brady's gone, Cam Newton's in, they're not going to have the same approach to the year. But if they did have the same approach to the year and Tom Brady was still in New England and it was still largely largely the same team, we would expect to see the same outcome with a slow start, quick finish, because that's what the Patriots need to succeed. The New Orleans Saints are very similar. They're in a very, very similar position where New Orleans doesn't need to put all their chips in the middle of the table weeks one, two, three, and four of the NFL. So what does that result in? A bad against the spread record. And similar to our last handicap, what did we see New Orleans do, uh, New Orleans do week one? They, 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 they surprised a lot of people. They were impressive. They won 34-23 against the Bucs in a game where I think the Bucs played well enough to certainly be in it. So everyone saw New Orleans dominate Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Oh, I guess New Orleans, this is going to be their year. How often does it happen where we just get way too excited about New Orleans and then they let us down? Well, not going to happen to me this time because I'm fading them. And let's get to Oakland. Oakland, this is going to be their, their, their first game in the new stadium. Okay? So everyone's on New Orleans because they saw them have a huge week one. Oakland, frankly, week one, they struggled. They did not look very good at Carolina, a game a lot of people expected them to win. So Oakland struggled week one, largely ignored. New Orleans, great week one. Everyone was on them. Everyone's excited about them. Oakland, first game in their new stadium. I've heard all of the play. Well, most of the players say what a good showing they want week one. Fans or not, they understand there's not going to be fans in the, in the crowd, but this is the first ever NFL home game in Las Vegas. There will be fans outside the stadium, lined up on the streets, supporting this team as they go to the game. And let's not forget, of all the states in the United States of America, Nevada has been like the least like, like uptight about this whole coronavirus thing, right? I'm not, it may be the governor, it may not be. I'm just saying, I think that compared to some of these East Coast cities, Las Vegas is going to have a lot of fans present and out there in week one. Look at the week one stats, and let's not overreact to one week, but it is fair to point out that Oakland outgained New Orleans in terms of passing, rushing. I mean, they looked like a better offense on paper. Oakland averaged 6.1 yards per play. That is an entire two yards per play better than New Orleans did. New Orleans, 4.1 yards per play week one against the Bucs. That's very average. Oakland, 6.1 yards per play week one against Carolina. Now Oakland gets to come back home. New Orleans goes on the road going from the East Coast to the West Coast. I like Oakland, plus five and a half on Monday night. And this is simply... You know, I just like Oakland's young talent. I think Oakland, now, the, my one question mark here is, does Oakland's defense show up? Because if Oakland's defense gets torched, this could be a long game. But I think they do. I think they're motivated. And I think they have a big Monday night, uh, week two. So Oakland plus five and a half against New Orleans on Monday. All right, now my last two bets for the day or for uh, the weekend in the NFL. I'm going to put some teasers on the board here. I don't I don't typically do this, but... Uh, Usually teasers in the NFL have to fall within a certain criteria, and both of these certainly do. 
It's called an advantage teaser. Now, for those who don't know, an advantage teaser is a teaser that moves the line through at least one key number, preferably two key numbers. Now, the two key numbers in the NFL are three and seven. If you can move a line past three or over three, right, from let's say minus one uh, to, or like minus a half to minus six and a half, because most teasers that I give out are my are, uh, six point teasers. If you take a team from minus a half to minus six and a half, theoretically, or excuse me, yeah, minus, a, uh, uh, what would it be? Plus a half to plus six and a half, excuse me. Um, that would theoretically be an advantage teaser, but not as much as I prefer ones that go through both three and seven. Now, if it goes through either three or seven, it's not the worst thing in the world, but both of our advantage teasers we're going to be given today move through both seven and three. Let's start off with uh, Tampa Bay and Pittsburgh. I like taking Tampa Bay. Now, all of these are six point teasers. I like taking Tampa Bay from eight and a half to two and a half. I think that the Buccaneers will show us one of the bigger bounce back weeks this year. And if there's anything we learned about the Panthers from week one, this defense does have some, some weaknesses. So I think the Buccaneers motivated both Tom Brady, staff, rest of the team. They want to put on a good performance. I think taking the Bucks from eight and a half to two and a half, you're moving through seven and three. And I do believe that they at least win by three at home. First home game for Tom Brady in this stadium against the Buccaneers, or excuse me, against the Panthers. So we'll go Bucks from eight and a half to two and a half. And then I'm going to take Pittsburgh from seven and a half to one and a half. I think Pittsburgh destroys the Broncos this game. I thought about taking them minus seven and a half, but I obviously felt comfortable putting them in uh, my teasers here. Pittsburgh from seven and a half to one and a half, obviously moving through seven and three. The Broncos, I think after week one, there's not a whole lot to build off of, right? The Broncos almost won week one against Tennessee, but they looked terrible. That, if anything, was a very good spot for the Broncos. Now they have to go on the road to a stadium. They have done very poorly in recently, not just straight up, but against the spread as well. Mike Tomlin at home as a favorite of seven and a half points is tremendous. One of the best coaches covering a big number at home. Now, when you take Pittsburgh on the road and give them a favorite situation, they don't do well at all. But at home against the Broncos, I think the Steelers really make a statement here. Uh, Steelers from seven and a half to one and a half. All right, now my second teaser also also includes Pittsburgh. So I'm not going to redo that game. Second teaser is Pittsburgh from seven and a half to one and a half. But we're also going to put in the second teaser, Kansas City from eight and a half down to two and a half. Now, the reason I like KC, their matchups recently with San Diego, I think they're a very underrated road team. Early in the year, we talked about how much New Orleans struggles, how much teams like uh, you know New England used to struggle. Well, it's opposite for Kansas City. They do well in the beginning of the year. Very, very well, especially against the spread. You give Andy Reid uh, a little bit of extra time to prepare, because remember, they did play on Thursday night, and you combine that with how bad the San Diego Chargers the fucking whatever they're called, the Chargers, the Los Angeles Chargers, whatever. The Chargers looked, this is both a play on Kansas City in this spot and a major fade of the, the, the Chargers. So, you know, this line reflects it. It opened five and a half. It's now eight and a half. I still don't mind eight and a half because we can take our advantage teaser and bring that puppy down to two and a half. Obviously, we prefer to get it as early as possible. But part of what I like on this show is we want to give lines out that everyone listening can get. So let's recap our bets for the weekend. We've got Green Bay minus six and a half against Detroit. Dallas minus four against Atlanta. 
Oakland plus five and a half against New Orleans. And my two teasers, Tampa Bay from eight and a half to two and a half and Pittsburgh from seven and a half to one and a half. And my second teaser, Pittsburgh again from seven and a half to one and a half with Kansas City from eight and a half to two and a half. That does it for today's show. Good luck this weekend, everyone. And we'll talk to you tomorrow on The Sharp Angle.